Hey old school gamers, this is Bad Mike, otherwise known as Satan, here with the Save for Half podcast. Now that you've cast out the evil sorcerer and taken his treasures and searched his colon for gems, it's time for you to kick back and listen to the Save for Half Sideshow. The Save for Half Sideshow, where it's all fun and games until somebody takes a four-sider to the eye. Snoochie Boochies, everybody. Welcome to Save for Half, the podcast that covers old school games and the modern games inspired by them. I am DM Mike, the allergy sufferer at this year's North Texas RPG Con. <laughs> and joining me as the harried booth babe is DM Liz. Hello, hello. Also, the stealth game designer, who, despite being at the con all weekend, I hardly saw, DM Jim. Greetings, programs. And the uber-stealth guy at North Texas RPG Con, because he wasn't there, DM Corbett. Sir, not appearing in this con. Yes. <laughs> well he done. Lets, he lets something about, you know, having a kid graduate or something be more important. Yeah. Which has not stopped any of us from giving him a hard time about it. No, no, not at all. Here's the thing is, your kids are going to graduate multiple times. They're going to graduate college, and they're going to have that wedding stuff. So, you know, the, the North Texas Convention's only once a year. Graduate college. There's an optimist. <laughs> and that optimist is the second head of the dual-headed creature that is the administration of North Texas RPG Con, Mike Badalato. Bad Mike or Satan? If, if Liz is the hairy booth babe, I'm more like the hairy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you've got your own booth, yes. so yeah. Okay. And here we're here to talk about the North Texas RPG Con 2019. But first, we have no emails. So, all right. Well, we'll take a quick break for a pod break, and then we come back. North Texas in all its glory. Are you ready for the next innovation in tabletop podcasts? Hi, my name is Zach. I'm the host of Tabletop Radio Hour, a podcast about anything tabletop. We use the best new discovery, the Dual Purpose Podcast, where one week we talk about a set of topics in our talk show. Another week, we have an actual play podcast, where we play, most likely, 7th C, 2nd Edition. We like to include everyone, so we feature a lot of guests, some of them being our friends. If you want to experience fun in innovation, check out Tabletop Radio Hour, available anywhere you can find podcasts. If you got a computer, you can play the games, all the arcade hits with the video. 
If you own a Commodore, a Texas Instruments, an IBM, or an Apple, you can play the most famous arcade games ever invented. The original arcade hits from Atari Soft. Donkey Kong, Centipede, Pac-Man, Defender, Robotron, Stargate, and Dig Dug. Now your computer fits the arcade hits from Atari Soft. Atari Soft, Atari, Atari Soft. Now your computer fits the arcade hits. Atari Soft, Atari, Atari Soft. Some games available on ColecoVision and in television. Twenty nineteen. That is con eleven, isn't it? Yes, sir. It's our eleventh con. Eleventh year like eleven years. After our tenth anniversary, we pretty much just took the year off and didn't really put any effort in it. Yeah, yeah. We hit the goal. We hit our yeah. goal, stated goal, which is ten. That explains my allergy. You're escape. You're just gonna <laughs> let it go and you know. we didn't bother to, to dust the room, you know, we didn't think of dusting it. That was it, yeah. That must have been. You're not allergic to awesome, are you? <laughs> Perhaps I am. There was a lot of awesome in the lecture hall. Or I'm allergic to lecture halls, which doesn't bode well for my teaching. But anyway, so how do we enjoy North Texas? Jim. Oh, start with me. Fine. 10 out of 10. By Friday, I was having my best North Texas RPG con ever. By Sunday, I had recognized it was my single best con ever going back to the 80s on the face 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 of the earth, earth, earth. obviously my observations are going to be skewed by what i experienced but i had a hell of a good north texas con okay liz it's not just liz it's special guest liz ah <laughs> special guest liz who had her table, and I was merely the groupie. May I suggest that the only reason for listening to this podcast was also one of the few reasons to uh, attend the artist section, besides some of the other talented artists. Yeah, Elmore, Easley, Darlene, yeah. But, but Liz! Liz was... <laughs> I, I don't know that I would say I was a <laughs> big name, heavy-hitting guest, which is not to say that I did not appreciate being you know, ask to be one, but I, I gotta say, I compared to most of the other people who were guests, I was suffering from some pretty heavy duty imposter syndrome all weekend long. It's like, why am I here? Yes, I saw the time that, that uh Elmore went to sit down, you said, Whoa, whoa, wait one second, sir, and you pulled the chair out and sat down and said, I'm the special guest here. I thought that was kind of kind of rude. Ah, he's used to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he is. He's out more. He knows it. Larry's just an old Kentucky boy. But I had a very good time, but I always have a good time at these, and I... Uh... <laughs> okay, well... Well, there, there was a save for half 
podcast booth that Mike was running his games at while you were busy actually selling merch? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Technically, I was supposed to be part of that game, but um, you were. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was actually cool that you're running um, a game at your vendor slash display table. That was I actually thought that was kind of cool when I worked by. Well, it was a real last minute thing, and I didn't want. And the Fialco boys wanted Liz to play, and we couldn't abandon the tables, so it happened. <laughs> so I kind of, sort of played while also doing my duty. Yeah. It was an awesome con. We, Mike and I got there around Wednesday afternoon, which was, was kind of funny. We arrived a little after 3 p.m. And then we had the line from hell because some other convention had apparently showed up in this big bus. And so there was this huge line to get to the elevators to get up to your room that just snaked past the bar and dining area and just went on down the hallway. We're just standing there with our bags, inching our way up to the elevators. When we finally get to our room and then we go back down, no more line. It was so weird. It was just in that one time of day. And then after that, there was never a problem with the elevators. That was really weird. Yeah, it's like if we'd just shown up 15 minutes later than we had. Or earlier. We, yeah, we would have had no problems getting into our room, but we, we hit the sweet spot. And so, you know how hard it was for Bad Mike to coordinate all those people to be there right when you arrived? It took a lot of work on him. I'll bet it did. You know, <laughs> kudos well, we to you. Kind of worried as you might have noticed that the hotel was under construction, which we were really uh -huh. worried about because we were told this two weeks before the con. Oh, by the way. We didn't finish our construction yet. Um, okay, what is that? Well, that oh. means the front entrance is still shut down, the bars closed, and the restaurants. Okay. <laughs> but are, are we going to get any kind of a refund well, for I, part of the money that I, we have spent? To... I was asking that. <laughs> you know? Expecting a working hotel? Doug kind of let them <laughs> off the hook. But there was very little problems with that. They very easily moved the bar and the restaurant to the large breakfast center. It really wasn't that much of a problem. The front entrance I, I was more worried about. Yeah. But honestly, I didn't have a lot of problems with parking. I thought I was going to have a lot. Of, we were going to have a lot of problems parking with the front entrance closed. Because what was the back entrance became the front entrance, and there just wasn't any front entrance. But it didn't seem to be that much of a problem that I noticed. Well, no. we got a good parking spot and then never That's moved. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Until Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. I will say, even though we had to wait forever to get, to get to the elevators, the time that we did show up, somebody was just pulling out of a spot that was really close to those side doors in the back. So I just pulled in and we never left the hotel after that. It's like there's nothing that we need so badly that we have to leave the good spot. <laughs> anyway, since we're on Wednesday, uh, we didn't actually game anything Wednesday. Wednesday's our pre-con. We encourage everybody to run walk-up games, just pull out a board game because the con is almost exclusively RPGs, unless you're a special guest or a Night Valiant. You've been to every con, you can run whatever you want. Everybody else is encouraged to run RPGs. And so we that's Wednesday night's kind of like, hey, run whatever you want, pull out the board games. Even though it's not officially part of the con, it actually is part of the con because everybody's there running or playing in games. But uh, So are you going to start having Tuesday be the unofficial <laughs> start? Doug had his way with <laughs> Well, see, so you, you, it's just getting longer and longer. You joke, but some of those people coming in from Europe and places are getting there. Get there the Monday. Weekend. We have a lot of people Monday. If Doug had his way, he would start gaming Monday. So, I mean, as, as far as he's concerned, we should just start gaming the minute we show up at the hotel. 
I would love to be able to take off that many days and just spend the whole week at the hotel, but <laughs> yeah, not we're we're lucky to get there on Wednesday. <laughs> but Mike and I didn't do much of anything once we got there. We just sort of hung out. We got to spend some time with Lloyd Metcalf in the hallway, a little bit with Raven. Saw Gary Oliver in passing several times Wednesday afternoon to evening. Usually he was like on the way to do something, so he was super busy. Yeah, and our second load from the car, we were having some trouble with our coolers and things. We were getting down to squeeze out of that Honda Civic. And a gentleman whose name escapes me. I think that was, uh, was it Rocky? Oh, who was it? Jim, you were there. Rocky and Ian? Yeah. 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 Got a got one of those rolling trolleys for us, and and then gave oh. us a five dollar bill to tip the guy with, and wouldn't let me give it back. And <laughs> <laughs> so that thank you. Ian, he's just <laughs> a big bullwinkle moose with his own Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> but that was incredibly kind, and we appreciated that. And one day I'll hide a five dollar bill in some of his stuff somewhere. And just give it to me. I'll, I'll make sure. Until I'll it's make too sure. late. I'll take okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but don't ask him about it because you don't want him to be embarrassed. No, I don't embarrass yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, uh, I have a theory about Wednesday, about the whole con. Mm-hmm. When I got there Wednesday, it was a, it's when I, because I, I didn't, I missed it on social media. It's when I found out the hotel's first under construction. Uh, Tim gets there and there was a little bit of grousing going on. Oh, you know, Tim under construction. You, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> right, madness, right. sir. Madness. I just wanted to pause there to give you a chance to put on your shocked face. But here's my hypothesis. I think half the hotel being shut down condensed all the festivities closer together. And it wasn't just me that said this was my best North Texas con ever. I heard it constantly in the halls. I mean, you certainly have heard it by now in the the debriefs that it was a really, really good con. And I wonder if us being squeezed into half the ground floor of the hotel didn't enhance that. You know what? Everything was just closer together. I hate when people review a book and say, this is the best book ever by blah, 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 when it's not. And they have 32 books. It's not the best. I mean, I'm with you. This is my favorite North Texas ever. I, I don't. It did seem like there was a lot of camaraderie there that we were kind of like you said, the squeezed in part. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily that we were squeezed in. It's just that we were used to having so much more room. If, if this was your first North Texas, you wouldn't have known. I don't think you would have noticed anything different or weird. But just because. We- uh, I didn't feel crowded. I it can didn't. tell you for a fact, I got more hang time with people outside of too. my games than Maybe I ever have Maybe it's because everybody before. was in just certain areas. You couldn't, like you said, you couldn't spread out as much. There were certain areas closed. And so you couldn't just spread out. You had to kind of you know, be forced to to be near it, a whole bunch of other people. Cause I, I'm with you. I had a lot of time talking. It could also be, I mean, uh, gamers are cooperative usually. <laughs> and in a, in a situation where you're, you know, troubled or well, not troubled, but you're, you're have an adversarial situation where it's under construction. You're having to move into different areas and be in different spots and people kind of go, Oh, well, we got to work together and get past this. So I figured out we'd hear more comments, but we really, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think I've one person complained. The hotel had everything running pretty good. They they had had a few conventions before us with areas shut off, and so they were handling it pretty good. I think everybody that was there saw that the staff was doing the best job possible they could, and so there wasn't a lot of griping or. I think it was a good enhancement of what's already my favorite thing about North Texas Con. When I started going to Gary Con, North Texas Con, and Camel Con, they were all about the same size. Attendance 
you know, in the hundreds, four or five hundred up and down a little. And uh, you guys decided to cap North Texas Con and keep it that size while the other two grew like mushrooms. When you guys made that decision, I my business mind kicked in and went, why are they doing this? They could make more money, blah, 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 blah. But I totally get it. And I was completely wrong now because now North Texas Con is that smaller intimate con where you can see everybody. People from Cincinnati go to Gary Con that are friends of mine, and I don't see them for the whole weekend. I've actually got some attendance numbers if anybody's interested, or do you want to save that? I, I can throw some, some numbers at you. Oh, sure. No, we'll go ahead and throw that out, and then we'll start breaking down uh, day Well, day as, day. as Jim said, we, we cap our attendance at 500 because we want to maintain that small con feel. And a lot of that is because we don't have to make money. Because And I understand why cons get bigger, because if you don't get bigger, you don't make money. If you don't make money, typically you can't put your con on year after year, but... Doug's made a decision that if we break even or close to it, he's fine with that. And so because of that, we're allowed, we're allowed to put on a smaller con with, what, 30, 35 guests, which is insane for a con of 500 people. But this year we had, a, we've been hovering around the 450 mark the last few years. And officially attendance is, is was 425, but I believe Doug does not count one day ticket purchases. In it. Our attendance is probably closer to a little over 450. We had 80 walk-ups, which was a large amount. That's that's a lot of walk-ups for us. You know, and I think it due entirely to this podcast. I just, I mean, <laughs> I think I, you, y'all might have played a part. I, I, we had a lot of we had a lot of people proselytizing <laughs> about us in the months uh, uh, to you know months past. Gary Con, there was a lot of people talking about talking to me about it. I and I did see a lot of people there that I had seen at other cons, mainly. Gary Con and Gamehole Con that said, oh, we'd love to go to North Texas. And then sure enough, they were at North Texas this year. So that, that worked out great. But we love having that many walk-ups. We, Doug figured out, he thinks we had one, at least 100 unique people that had never been to the con before, which is, which is great too. We love having new people. It, it was, we consider that pretty, very successful. You know, anything within the, now Doug was a little myth because I think we have 50 backpacks left. And so if you get any, if you receive anything from me in the next year, you'll probably have a free backpack tucked <laughs> but yeah we've already got two backpacks for this year don't give us any more and six t-shirts this is gift for stewards more backpacks okay sure so, Bad it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a conscious decision our part to keep the con small and and as much as i like gary con and game hole con which i do they're my two other favorite cons they're getting bigger and they they've gotten to the point now where they're not that small intimate con where you pretty much know everybody and can see everybody and talk to all the guests and they- well that each con i mean for those who only live on social media me complimenting one con doesn't mean i'm banging on the other two they all have their things they do great and best and and with the growth like you said there's a lot of extra cool stuff but i like it that we have north texas con that stayed small and, and, and it's important if you're listening to this and you've been on the fence and you're thinking about going to North Texas Con, stop thinking and act now. Get your 2020 badge soon because it will suck later when it caps out and you want to and then you decide you want to go. By the way, are on sale yeah, to now. Mention they're doing... actually, we, our early yes. Con badges are on sale with, at a substantial discount also. Norm, so. Normally $80, I believe you can get it now for 60, 60. September 30th. That is... I'll tell you why that's the best deal in town. Most conventions run about eighty dollars for the weekend, you know. So we're standard in that case. But if you can't go, we just we roll we roll your ticket over to a future year. So there's literally no reason not to buy a cheap sixty dollar ticket, even if you can't go this year, and then just roll it over to a future year. It counts the same. There, there's and remember, this is Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yep. and Sunday. Yep, you attend the whole convention for eighty for sixty bucks. So. 
There's no reason to buy it to wait till the last minute and spend eighty dollars. Buy it. You'll be glad you did. Right. <laughs> We're such a good commercial. If you'd be interested in having the Saver Hats host at your convention, <laughs> and then even after that, through the end of the through the end of the year, I believe it's ten dollars. So if you don't get it by September thirtieth, you still can save ten dollars for the end of the year. Oh well, I would have gotten it if it were sixty. Yeah, I know. Seventy dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I can't, I'm not ready for that kind of commitment. <laughs> oh, see, you laugh, but gamers will flip out over a, a, a game book that costs the same as trying to get through Taco Bell's drive-through a couple of times. Oh yeah, oh, I'm half the time I'm one of them. Well, there are other conventions in our area, and I'm sure in other areas too, where you can expect to pay around eighty bucks, and the convention is only Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So. Being able to pay that kind of money for a convention that, for all intents and purposes, is starting on Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> you know, that's an incredibly good deal. And those conventions, odds are you're going to stand in line to take a number to spend like 45 seconds with a guest long enough to get something signed and then shunt it onward. But at North Texas, you can actually chat with people. Hey, Mike. Oh, bad Mike. Sorry. <laughs> Satan, please. <laughs> calling Satan. <laughs> calling Satan. <Satan's> listening. <laughs> he hears you, my child. <laughs> how long have you had them on sale? Like, how, when did they go live? Doug must be on the ball this year. We usually start ticket sales for the next year, July first. I didn't even know they're on sale until I had games showing up in the game list. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? So he's actually he's even opened up games. You can list your games. We've we've had a. Uh, Several people list games for next year already, which that's pretty amazing. I, I, mm-hmm. A year in advance is a lot of commitment to, for somebody to say, I'm going to definitely be there next year. But yeah, so that usually they open up July 1st, and apparently Doug opened them last week, and we've already sold quite a few early word tickets. So Yeah, you, you're down almost 100 already. That's pretty quick. <laughs> Tend to show up year after year after year, which is another reason why I was, I was so shocked to see 80 walk-ups, which is good though. I'm glad we got new people, got some new blood in there. If we sell, if we if we sell out, we sell out. So just I was just curious, but as we always say on Safer Half, thanks, Satan. <laughs> you should say that. You should say that. Anyway, yeah, talking about the games already set up. Yes, because I know a certain person who has already signed up for every Aliens and BattleTech game on on Friday. Who could it be? Who indeed? A most perplexing Ben Fialco mystery. (laughs) Oh, Ben. I got it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Hi, Ben. Oh, Ben, that guy. Is he coming back next year? Yikes. So so's Jared. Jared's already signed up for them all too. Yeah. So the the brothers will be in the We're house. Try to keep the riffraff out in twenty twenty one. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Well. Good luck with that. If there's going to be battle tech going on. Let a couple of doctors in. Yeah. Who knows? Will next come in? Class up the joint yeah. for us. How dare they? Yeah. You need to be more discerning and only allow people who pay you. I hate to burn up podcast time asking Bad Mike a personal question. I could ask him well outside the podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mike, so like if I sign up, if I put my games in now, can I edit them later? I believe so. The, the only problem with putting them now is there's an edit function on there. You should be able to edit them. But we had some issues last year where people had to contact Doug and get the games edited. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to edit them. But we did have okay. we had a few issues. But so, no, That's not a promise. Yeah. Because I, I want to get in early and show my renewed support, but I sure. have no idea what I'm going to write in the next eleven months. Well, one, one of the one of the great things about North Texas also is 
Doug and I are very easy to get a hold of on Facebook, so you don't have a lot of issues having to go through red tape. If you need something done, we can usually get it done for you. If you have any problems, just let us know. Those of us not on Facebook have to write your AOL account. Yeah, I check that every once in a blue moon. Because so. it's <laughs> AOL. But anyway, all right, Thursday. What did you do Thursday, Liz? What didn't I do Thursday? <laughs> well, started out uh, Thursday morning. And I say morning in its loosest possible sense. I think the game actually began around 11, 11 or 30. Something. <laughs> it was just barely still morning. Uh, we played Superhero 2044, run by Steve Perrin. And that was a lot of fun. We also got to meet and play with Glenn's grandson, Gage, in that game. Um, I do want to make a shout out. Gage was an awesome player. He was willing to try anything, was not afraid to ask if he could do stuff. Very imaginative. Yeah. Rather than assuming that something isn't possible because it's not written on the character sheet, he tries it. It was great being able to play with him. After that, I had just enough time to grab dinner with Mike and the Fialco boys. And then I had to head off to play in an off-the-grid swords and wizardry game that Matt Finch was running for Jen Glazar. And I was quick enough to grab a seat for. And you got cake. I got cake. Rachel Marsh baked a totally hypothetical and totally delicious birthday cake for me. And it was presented during the game. It was even made in my favorite flavor, lemon with a vanilla buttercream frosting. So oh, good. Oh, by the way, happy, happy, happy 29th birthday. That's good. That's good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know you had a good birthday because you stretched it out over two or three weeks. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to be stretching it out again in about a month or two. So, but thank you again, Rachel, and everyone who had a hand in making that happen hypothetically <laughs> where i got the enjoyment of hanging out with uh, the fialco boys that evening while they got inebriated and then tried to lead <laughs> me up to the 13th floor to my room you did actually get to your room successfully though although yeah. i think you had to help them yeah it's bad when the blind guy is going um i'm pretty sure that's my room we walked way past it <laughs> oh my <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll just add that uh, the 2044 game was cool because it was based in Dallas. We have the Dallas Titans and dealing with a giant killer lizard rampaging through downtown Dallas. So, you know, hey. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> Jim, what'd you do Thursday? I love your dogged devotion to a show format that none of us got show notes for. Um, Thursday. Let me try and think. I know I ran Format. a game. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm making this up as we're going along. <laughs> I can give you uh, my Jim. Thursday if Jim wants to sit and reconnoiter. No, I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just being a drama queen. I ran Mega Heroes this entire convention. I a little sad as I was packing my game bag to fly down because it's the first time I haven't. I've gone to a game convention without MCC books or the weird dice because I'm working on the new game and I need to play test it. So all my sessions were Mega Heroes and I knew other people would be running MCC. So I hate to pick favorites because they're like kids, but my first group was my best group just because it had people that I already knew and loved in it. Ala and her husband Gabe and Skeeter played and beat the hell out of my entry level Mega Heroes adventure and one shot at the bad guy and all the stuff you want to do. Everybody had a big time. And a lot of hanging out in the booth with uh, the lovely and talented Miss Darlene. That was my Thursday. Sweet. Oh, quick shout out. Uh, we saw Ala and Skeeter 
while you were taking a smoke break during that game Thursday morning, and she was awesome enough to get me a Zyrtec. Um, I got a bottle for myself later that afternoon, but I was really needing one that morning, and she came through, and thanks again, Lifesaver. <laughs> because we were not going to go get one any no. at the store, because we were parked for the weekend. Answer me this question. The Liz, who's the most allergic, who, who, whose nose runs more than the Colorado River, you did yes. not bring your own Zyrtec? Normally, I throw a bottle in my purse, but... I mean, we we forgot a lot of things that I had a lot of Benadryl, but that would have just had Liz in a coma. So that I mean, only so much will fit in the Honda, right? Right. Pretty much. Well, and I mean, quite frankly, I flaked on a lot of stuff for this convention. Things that we should have packed, that things that I should have gotten ready, and I did not. And I I kind of felt half-assed coming to this one. She's like, oh my God, where's my brain? Well, that's it's always nice to hear after we make you a special guest that you kind of just half-ass the con. Thanks, Liz. We- <laughs> <laughs> she keeps it classy that way. All yeah. part of the service. <laughs> and oh. I was so busy thinking about, I got to bring the save for half banner and stuff for the guest table and things that I normally think about as far as, say, the victorious game. You know, I did not get those done. So apparently there's only enough brain cells for a certain amount of things. And the guest table took precedence over those. So that booth banner you designed was killer. I knew I you designed it the second I saw it because it was well designed. And that Travis Hansen, am I saying his name right? Yes. The you know art just made it. Well, I also deliberately made the banner so that it didn't have anybody's actual names on it. Just says meet the hosts. And that way, if either you, Jim, or that's you, in case Corbett, you or I get fired from the podcast, Corbett. Mm, good plan. <laughs> if either of you guys need the banner for a convention of your own, you know, I we can send it to you, and we'll all be able to use it. So I should have said, "Meet the hosts, DM Liz, and all the rest." <laughs> <laughs> DM Liz and those other losers. <laughs> DM Liz and friends. And friends, yes. <laughs> Super friends. friends. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we could get like a bottle of official safer half Prozac and send it to everybody who's going to convention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Friday. Wait a second. I didn't get to talk Liz. about my Thursday. You're, 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 I tell us about your Thursday. Tell us about your well, Thursday, and, even though it's probably running around desperately trying to get crap done. What? And, and you keep skipping Corbett, too. I, <laughs> Uh, well, because Corbett's Thursday is he he went to the kitchen, he got some raisin bran, he drove around. Oh wow! Come to our con. <laughs> I don't have a day. Con, so I don't know what you were doing. But... Well, he was prepping for that graduation oh, yeah. for yeah. Friday. Yeah, actually, I was getting annoyed because I keep kept seeing Facebook posts and stuff that <laughs> was really awesome at the con. We are at the con, and it's great. Like, the con is amazing. It's the best con ever. No con can compare. Great. I- how you Off. doing, Corbett? <laughs> did I or did I not end every social media post with, and we miss you, Corbett? I know, I, I know. And we had the usual deluge of people going, where's Corbett? <laughs> he hates us. He's, he's decided he never wants to be around any of us ever again, ever. Mike, you, usually Thursdays you run your... Um... My B1 game. Thank you for the lead. Thank you for the lead. I heard I heard about your B1 game in one of my Mega Heroes games. I've run the B1 game 10 years now for the third time. 
I get a mystery email a few days before the con that says, Hey, Mike, I see your game is full, but I'd love to play in your game. Do you have space available? And normally, I would say, Hell no. I got I don't have any space available. But the third time in a row, it was somebody I like to call Errol Otis. And so I said, <laughs> um, yeah, why are you asking me? You could just show up with your robe and crown and. Hang after, on, let me check. Did you have art in this uh, one? Yeah, no kidding. Did you have yeah, art in the so You didn't have any art. Oh, yeah, I'll let well, you in if you had no, art in it. The BX rule book, though. So the BX rule, we use the BX rules. Yes, we had Earl Otis, which is awesome as always. He is so much fun, but he's the best dude. If you've met the guy, he's just absolutely soft spoken, quiet guy. He's funny, smart. He just, he's. Yeah, he's, he's just awesome. awesome. And so, yeah, he, he played with us in the B1 game. I did it a little different this year. I usually, Liz has played the game several times. We usually let the players choose the theme of the dungeon. I have like six or seven different layouts for the dungeon or different creatures and, and different, you know, kind of themes and big boss monsters. But I chose one this time because one of our uh, frequent uh, guy that had been the convention since year one, Mike Carey, had passed away a few weeks before the con and a couple of years ago, he made me a set of pools for the room pools he 3D printed. And I did not get to use them last year. Liz was in the game last year. We were Ooh. actually trying to push them towards the room of pools, and Liz was unsuccessful. And so we didn't get to use the pools. But <laughs> this year, I said since since he had made these and he passed away, we were, we were going to have a room of pools-centric B1 adventure. So, so that yes, they, they were bounty hunters that were trying to find some escape bandits, and the trail led to the room of pools, which they went in and had to fight the bandits. They they got a hundred gold pieces per head, so they had to kill them and keep the heads intact, and then bring them back to town. Didn't Gage drink out of every single pool yes, in that so game? So Gage, Glenn's grandson, <laughs> continued his wild and crazy adventure playing. And like I always say, you always <laughs> want that guy in your group, the guy that's gonna okay, you come to a door, are you gonna let, no? I just kicked the door in. Oh. Great. And the DM just rubbing his hands going, yes. That you always want the Thank guy. you. So you always want the guy in the party too that goes to the room of pools and say, I'm going to drink every pool in this room. And you're like, okay. You get your charts out, your dice, and you're just smiling behind the screen. And so yes, he, he drank out of every room. Jenkins. After they killed the bad guys in the room, they explored the pools and he decided it'd be fun to drink out of every pool. And so if you have B1 and Search the Unknown, I do change the pools up a bit so you don't know exactly what's in there. By the end of his little adventure, he was 12 feet tall. His skin was blue. He was blind and he, he was mute. So that, that you know, he, he did, he failed quite a few saving throws. No. You know, so it was, it was. But he was still alive. Entertaining. Well, he didn't live much longer, though. He was extremely entertaining. Uh, and he was oh, an avatar. And also his, cool. his <laughs> charisma was three. So, uh, yes, he Okay, maybe he's not. Kidding, kidding, not kidding, <laughs> the next encounter they had was a group of kobolds that were that I, I rolled their morale and their initiative, and they were so they, they were so uh, afraid of him. They actually, I roll I rolled a, a twenty. They actually attacked him and butchered him because he scared them so much that they thought he was some lost blue god from from who knows where. And so uh, most there was thirty kobolds attacked. Uh, probably half or more just attacked him, and they chopped him to pieces. And so. He was happy to know, though, that after he died, they and that the the group left. They chopped his head off and mounted it above the door as a. He was like their new god. They worshipped the the blue, the giant blue-headed, blind, ugly creature that came to the dungeon. So yes, we had. And now you've got the plot for the next exactly. year's B one. There's a giant <laughs> blue head at the doorway. 
<laughs> you Harry. must find the giant blue head. Well, we always have a great time running that game. It's fun. We laugh. We laugh. We cry. We we celebrate. So it, it was good. We had, we had a good time with the game. But yeah, and Errol Otis, is, as always, was a champ. He just He's super fun to play with. I'd love to be in one of his games. He also runs a game at the con that, that is very hard to get into because I, I believe he only has six players and it fills up. Yeah, it fills up like that. But he runs his own Island Town campaign, which I'm still tr- we're still trying to get him to publish someday because it's a very, very interesting concept. But yeah, that's one of the great things about North Texas is you have these giants of the game that will often sit down at your table and play or, or, or run a game and you can... That's how we first met... Uh... Lotus is we were sitting and playing in one of uh, Jim Ward's Metamorphosis Alpha games, and then it was like two thirds of the way through, and Liz leans over and says, "Mike, that's Lotus And I'm like, "Squee!" <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time when I'm touting North Texas Con because you can go to the other cons and be sign up for a game being run by one of the old guard, but at North Texas Con you'll be sitting next to them at the table as players. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure out why Errol Otis was so cool and so funny and so laid back. But it finally occurred to me that, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner, dude is a consummate artist, so he's just made a portrait of himself that's up in the attic. Dorian Gray style. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he has an that's, I betcha. PSR days. Everybody mentioned. So that's why Liz still looks 29. Mm. Hmm. I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of a portrait. Ah, okay. All right. Friday, Liz. Friday. Big thing Friday was Mike's victorious game, Moriarty Must Die. And I thought it was really cool because this was all about playing villains this time instead of heroes. I had decided to make con gamers work for me. The con game mindset. Rather than spending years trying to get people to, I don't know, you're kind of supposed to be heroes? No, I'm going to let them be villains. And just- I know you all just met for the first time and you came from England, but you've known each other your whole lives. Yeah. D- no. Well, some of them <laughs> did, I guess. Ala and was that her husband? And- yeah, Gabe. Yeah. We're part of the Dynamiter villain group. The rest more or less barely knew each other. And just to confound me, they were surprisingly cooperative and worked together for the adventure which disappointed me mightily. Well, to be fair, I think most of us were planning on trying to double-cross each other at the end, but the way things played out, we never really got that opportunity, especially after we found out the surprise ending, so to speak. Yeah. It's like, ah. Wait, hold the phone just a minute. I thought that was the masterstroke of your idea was by making them play the bad guys, they would finally cooperate as a group. No, I my goal was they would play villains so that their natural behavior as PCs anyway would at least fit because they're all villains. They're, so, so they're at least acting like villains. Well, they are villains, so okay, this will work. And, and no, and, no, they, they didn't. <laughs> so that shows me up anyway. <laughs> I got to give a shout. Steve Perrin played the villainous knight Blackard. in black armor, Blackard. He did a great job playing an English aristocrat who's rotten through and through. And after an explanation of how Victorian gentlemen's clubs did not have women dancing on poles, <laughs> it, 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 it went surprisingly quickly. In fact, I cut out a middle scene because I was running out of time because I expected to spend a lot more time than stabbing each other and trying to sabotage each other. Special shout out to Ala for playing one of the villainesses 
quite accurately, unleashing an earthquake under a train to stop it, to derail it, to keep it from getting away, which worked also. We were underwater. Yeah, they were underwater in a underwater tunnel. And I probably should have had the whole tunnel flood at that point and did a TPK, but I gave them a roll and it turned out it was just flooding badly so she's using her powers, desperately trying to plug up the tunnel while everyone's racing through the train to try to find Moriarty, which was a lot of fun. But nobody died. Nobody died. But I got to give one more shout out to Ala and Gabe. There's a lot of shout outs to them for this weekend. I mean, they were they were big champs. I felt really bad this year because I did not have the time to make my usual cookies that I make for the game. And we were in such a rush getting pre-gen sheets ready to go. Mike and I have been doing low-carb eating for the past several months. I was making sure we had enough low-carb snacks for five days at the convention. And thus, we were missing certain ingredients for cookies around the house. Yeah, we're, we didn't have a lot of sugar and flour anymore because we were using other stuff. Stuff. Between that, getting stuff ready for guest table, and you know, something had to give, and it was the cookies for the game. When Allah and Gabe heard that, you know, because she asked, Are there going to be cookies this year? And they're like, No, I'm so sorry. It's like, I felt really, really, really bad. But they brought cookies. They went out and got cookies and brought them to the table for everyone to have. And Personally, I think they should have gotten victory points for that, but <laughs> that's just me. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> they get DM Liz points, and that's worth That's more. worth a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was pretty much us for Friday, wasn't it? That's, that was pretty much everything that we were obligated to do on Friday. I want to also say... I think it was Thursday when I was setting up the table. Skeeter was kind enough to help me get the banner put up because it requires someone tall. It's one of those, um, you know, freestanding banners, retractable. And I am too short, even standing on a chair, to get the top of the banner to hook in to the top of the the tension pole behind it. I and told you you were missed, Corbett. So, yeah, that was my whole job. Yeah, Skeeter, <laughs> Skeeter came over and put the banner together for me because he is not a short pick-me person like I am. So a big thank you to Skeeter for that as well. So what do you do Friday, Jim? I need to recant back to Thursday because as I am actually remembering the events, I, I shortchanged the Thursday group because the one with Skeeter and Allah and Gabe and... Um, some other friends of mine, that one went to the wire. The big bad was hanging on with five hit points and had just mind controlled half the party and they still took him. That was a gazer ball. If you can imagine a cross between uh, Doc Octopus, Modoc, and a Beholder. So that one was really tense right at the end too. And, and, and they nailed him. It was the Friday game where they one-shotted my 10-story tall kaiju. Um, and that was the game where I got to meet uh, Glenn's grandson, who I discovered uh, prefers to be called Logan. So I'm going to go with Logan. But oh, Cage, okay. Cage, same kid. I'm going to continue the theme of complimenting his gameplay because I think he's pretty young. He's 12, 13, but 15. the kid has got like, how, how old? 15. Yeah, you get old, it gets harder to tell. Yeah, well, I know he's got like a Mensa level IQ on him because I saw him uh, watch the other players crunch the math in my game engine and by the end the session he knows from his head what other people's mod attack modifiers were and uh one of the things he observed in the friday game is my uh superhero game i'm working on has a 
reputation point system in it that functions a lot like you you earn points by doing good things. Um, if you screw up and let a hostage get shot like one player did, you start taking negative rep points and you can also heal yourself with them and spend them to increase attack rolls. So there's every ins- laboring under some of the same circumstances you are, Mike. There's every game mechanic encouragement to play heroically. However, uh, one of my players went the other way and just decided after they'd beaten the bad guys, maybe it was good, but he had screwed up a bunch of times and was sitting on negative 20 rep. All he had to do to flip that to positive was to um, join the dark side. And he sat and thought about it. I, it was very interesting play test wise for me to observe something I designed work as intended because yeah. I don't care what kind of campaign you run at, at your game. And uh, that's a that's a way to take advantage of the rules to your benefit. Go for it. Logan watched him do that. And then when we get to Saturday's game, I'll tell you what happened with Logan and his is he, chaotic neutral superhero character. Is he the besser is at what he does? Oh, he didn't. No, that's that's a move we would have all made in the 80s when we were obsessed <laughs> with Punisher and Wolverine. Logan bought one of my paperback books and the kid's smart. He's got a good sense of humor. He's He saw the book. Can I buy one? Sure. We change money. You want it autographed? Sure. And he's like, autograph it in a way that will annoy my grandpa. And I'm like, okay, you tell me what to say. And I put, the, I put those words in the word balloon for him. <laughs> Nice. Autograph it in a way that'll annoy the person who brought me to the convention. Good move. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's that's gamer think. He <laughs> had a little cray computer stuffed in his skull. Oh, man. The Saturday was the art get together, right? Yes. Okay, so. So your Friday, nothing to other than just running more games? I'm only good for one game a day, although I'm going to exceed that next North Texas Con, thanks to you guys. After that, it's just running from place to place and meeting and greeting. I got to meet, I'm going to fail on her last name, I got to meet one of the people in charge of Humble Bundle. I never instantly liked someone so fast in my life. She was just uh, yeah, warm, gracious, smart. She was a sweetheart. She was great. Yeah. And she's still learning about games, too. She's she I mean, she does a lot of humble bundle stuff, not just games. And so she's kind of learning about games still. She played. I think she played their first games this week that weekend. And she it was wonderful also to meet her and to get to hang with Frog lots of old friends just to read up on it. But uh, she was she caught on pretty quick, I found Bad Mike, anything for Friday? Nope, I don't remember Friday. Let's give this go to Saturday. I, I was, I was, I was probably busy all day. I, I don't. Friday, remember. AKA Maker's Mark Day. No, so, Friday was. Uh, no, Friday was also. Ta- oh, we had Taco Truck. Friday was Taco Truck Day. But I, I, I think I ate all my meals at the Taco Truck on Friday. We had ramifications for Saturday, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> ooh, this is good stuff, though. Taco right. Truck was right. Yeah, I heard. I heard that the taco truck stuff was was good but Very spicy good. Yes. and i'm like Ooh, that's, it was that's wonderful. gonna kill me i ate stuff. at that taco truck every single day it was good uh, stuff. It really i was. can't do that okay saturday liz well saturday morning we played in chris clark's game i think i stepped in something loads of punny goodness D&D. Um, yeah yeah it was a lot of fun half the group playing were people we knew so it was me mike ben and jared fialco Alex. Alex from our home D&D group. It would have been Amanda, but Amanda had a baby. The prior Sunday, so so for some reason she didn't come to the con. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been virtually everyone at the table would have been people we knew if Amanda had shown up as well. But as it was, we knew a lot of people there. We got to meet Carl Hiles, 
dad there, although we did not know that was who he was until after the game was over. He gave us a couple of neat little micro zines. They are just big enough to fit into the palm of your hand. So if you should see Carl or Harry Larry at a con near you, be sure to ask about their tiny zines. Anyway, we played in that game. That was our only game for Saturday that we played. Uh, We spent some time at the table, and I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to the folks at Inner City Games, who are awesome, and they were kind enough to let people make credit card purchases of our product over at their table and reimburse us minus the processing fee. We backwards Luddites are in your debt. You guys are really, really nice to do that for us, and we appreciate you. Unfortunately, after the game, we went to the raffle and the awards ceremony, and something in that room caused my sinuses to just explode. Yeah, we were sitting there, and I guess after about five minutes or so... Not that Mike long, about two starts- minutes. Eh, Two or three minutes. But yeah, Mike just starts sneezing nonstop, just out of nowhere. It's like, okie dokie. (laughs) I'm running out of Kleenex. And finally, it's like, Liz, we got to go. And I spent (laughs) the next several hours in the room taking Benadryl and trying to recover. We we ordered out some black mold just for you. Sorry. I'm sorry you didn't appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Well, it was very fresh, apparently. Um. Well, at least it wasn't yellow mold. I appreciate it. Not like last year. Although I did manage to come out around 7 or 8 o'clock, I think, and that's when we ran into Shane from Shane Plays. Yeah, um, I spent most of the time while you were in the room just sitting at the table down there saying hi and trying to sell books and things like that. Yeah, quick shout out to Matt Sims for running Victorious Games on Saturday. Thank you, Matt. Uh, He was running a sequel to an adventure he ran last year, and we're hoping to get those published fairly soon, knock on wood. And then we met uh, Shane from Shane Plays Podcast, who decided he was going to give us an interview, and I think it just went up, actually. Yeah, just a day or so ago. And I even sound coherent, which is surprising <laughs> god bless people who can do that i one year at north texas kind of made a run at getting people over to the side and interviewing but i can't my brain won't you know with a whole convention and games i have to run my brain just cannot process multi-process all those threads yeah i let mike do most of the talking for that it's like i'll just be right over here yeah <laughs> and of course i listen to it and i'm like oh i should have said this or i should have said that but you know at least i don't sound like a snot monster or anything so you know I'll- <laughs> Count my blessings. So yeah, that was our Saturday. Jim? Mold, phlegm, good Saturday. Saturday was my best day at the con. I, I ran my uh, morning Mega Heroes game, and that's when Logan made the decision and decided to break bad and join the supervillain in the middle of the game. And I kind of, the rest of the table, in a very adult and proper way, talked him out of it. And I was rooting for Logan, because I wanted to see if he could break the adventure that way. But... uh <laughs> <laughs> but but dude in, dude had watched the guy he was in two of my games so he'd watched the guy the day before understood the math knew exactly what he was doing i watched him do it i'm like are you sure you want to let that guy get shot when you know you could prevent it yeah okay minus five rep he piled up the negative rep points and he had a plan on what to do with them later he was going to go be a necro skulls minion it was super super entertaining to watch that play out after the uh game for whatever reason i see darlene and talk to her every single convention but this convention i think she was centrally positioned i hung out and got to know her much better than i had before and uh, we ended up uh, doing dinner later that night so that was sweet 
also on Saturday, I, I went, I don't know, I'm supposed to have an IQ on me and I can be the most stone rock stupid person. Lloyd Metcalf has been running these artist gatherings for years now at all the OSR conventions. And with Darlene's prodding, I finally attended one for the first time. I don't know if it's my introversion or what. I just never wanted to do it. And I wish I had been doing it for all these years. It was the most wonderful, wonderful thing. Just And uh, I get it now. I And uh, I actually get Lloyd a lot more than I ever had before because it was just by just having a little circle of the artist. I mean, it wasn't like industry focused. Not really. It was more just art talk. And I was in art school so long ago, I forgot that what that was like. And my favorite part of it is that Raven was there. I want to say Casey Christofferson's daughter, whose name I'm blanking on. So there were like younglings there too. Uh, Ainsley. Yeah. So it didn't immediately shatter into the old timers talking to old timers and the young artists not having anything to contribute or side talking. It was very grouped, very together. I, I'm having a hard time putting words on it. It was so awesome that uh, what Darlene did during this, I can talk about this because but I, I won't ever share it online. She was listening to the group conversation and on a little like 11 by 14 piece of Bristol board was recording snatches of the conversation and each snatch was in its own individual calligraphy font all crowded together like you can do like on Facebook where it'll take your most words you use and put them at 45 degree angles. Yeah. Darlene created. Yeah, kind of a, a word cloud. Yeah, a word cloud. Thank you. Darlene did this beautiful handcrafted word cloud that she gave to Lloyd as a gift at the end of the evening. And I'm just looking at it and, and searching for all the dumb shit I said. And it was it <laughs> wow. was it was super awesome little artist gathering evening and i'm in for all future artist gatherings lloyd i uh kudos for having those and apologies for being such a rocket it took me until now to attend one hmm. though that does remind me a quick shout out saturday morning when we had breakfast before the game uh steve perrin just came over and asked to join us for breakfast and we sat around and visited with him a while and he uh, got me on to a game called colonial troopers which i hadn't heard of that he had made it's a ODD based game that does sci-fi in the old Asimov Heinlein style, Larry Niven, that sort of thing. And I'm like, ooh, I need to find this. And of course, as soon as I left, Blackblade had sold their last copy, and nobody else at the con had a copy of it. Ah! Oh, you just reminded me. I have to shout out to Carl Hale because he did me this solid. I get a, a text or a Facebook message up in my hotel room, and he's like, you know that one Grenadier wizard you said was your first magic user figure ever that only came in the Poly S paint set? So-and-so's got it down in the dealer room. And I finally got one. Pristine. Perfect. Woohoo! Nice. Cool, cool, cool. And you cool. can never paint it. <laughs> my, my Saturday was... My it's always my busiest day, so that's why I always schedule my game for Thursday night because Friday Saturday is both the auction award ceremony and then later on the midnight auction. So basically, there's a lot of prep involved in that. Which if you attended, it doesn't look like there's much prep because we screw up so much. But that's just because you know we like to keep it real. Well, but there's costumes, and, uh, there's makeup, yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff. whiskey. We did the auction. Yeah, the awards all went out. The, the auction was went really well. We raised quite a bit of money with most, almost all donated items, which is always great. We we have a lot of people every year that donate stuff. We also sold some stuff for Alex and Amanda, and their stuff did really well. They had a whole truckload of stuff. So Alex and Amanda were supposed to attend the full convention, but fortunately Amanda went and got herself knocked up. I don't know what she was thinking. 
And then uh, <laughs> Actually, had her baby. she got herself knocked up well before the con, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway, so she, did, she didn't show up. Alex showed up a little bit, but he had a, a bunch of stuff, really interesting story that had been found in a apartment, and it was going to go to the dumpster, and a friend of theirs said, hey, you might be interested in this. It was just the most amazing, it was amazing collection of 70s era D&D and game stuff. So they brought a truckload of it, and it looked like there was a drug deal going on in the parking lot at one point because he had his uh, <laughs> trunk open, and we were telling people to go out there if they wanted to check out some older stuff. He was selling stuff for cash. It looked very shady, very seedy. Yeah, he told me that that guy that they got the gaming stuff from used to work for Heritage. He did. He uh, Marshall Mahern knew who he was and had worked with him. Yeah. And so. he apparently died and didn't have anybody to take his stuff, and so they were cleaning out the apartment and with the instructions to throw everything in the dumpster. Whoever did that was a friend of Alex and Amanda and said, hey, this looks like gaming stuff. I bet it's worth something. I got my first pick and I pulled out a good, uh, probably six or seven items for the auction. So the auction could get the 20% commission. So thanks to Alex and Amanda for that. And then, so we auctioned off. I think they gave me a couple of chain mails, a second and third print, War of the Wizards. Oh, a boot, original boot heel, original digest boot heel, which is cool. The first edition we reviewed earlier. Yeah, yeah. it was nice. So, so yeah, that was kind of cool. So we had some really interesting items in there. We always have some unique items because people, we have a lot of people that work for TSR or, or you know, our collectors and they give us extra copies and stuff. So we, we had a first print Palace of the Vampire Queen, which is actually one of Doug's older copies. We had some nice stuff. So, so that, that did really, we did really well. Alex, Alex Kamer, who runs a game hole con, helped me out. Um, and so did Zach Glazer. So uh, that went, went as well as well as we could have expected. Then preparations began for the midnight auction almost exactly after that was over because so much preparation to put on that horn and that cape. And, and, and I was and out crack. of the way, so you could start preparing. Sure. <laughs> but, but we, had, we had a good time. And as usual, the, the room was packed full for the midnight auction, which is our kind of our blow off steam part of the convention where we just let it all hang out and have a good time and there's lots of laughs yeah some people let it hang out more than others sometimes yeah that was last year but robert did make an appearance several times this year and and was rebuffed every time so that was kind of a running gag (laughs) every 10 minutes or so he ran down the aisle said is it my is it my turn yet is my turn holding his speedo in his hands and, and Lloyd and I would say, no, Robert, it's, it's at one thirty, And so of course we ended at one fifteen. <laughs> he never got his moment. Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. <laughs> like one fifteen, Robert, we'll be ready for you at one fifteen or no one thirty. Uh, and that, that helped clear the room. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was gone by that time. It was, it worked out perfectly. We had a good time with that. And Doug got a standing ovation. Excellent. He has cancer and, uh, it's actually incurable. It's he won't cure it. He's now done almost two years of chemo, and he's doing good, doing okay. But he's not going to get better, unfortunately. So it was, it was. We had some good. It was some emotional moments. I thank Doug for all everything he done for the con, and like I said, he got a standing ovation, which it caused him to cry, which is awesome. He teared Aww. up. And got got hugs from the from the. Uh, the Devilettes, so that was great. But yeah, we had fun. We every year we pick a victim to be to make fun of. Uh, last year it was Alex Kamer and his his taco fetish. We made fun of that because we have every year we quote unquote find a bag full of stuff that's been left by somebody, and so we're going to pull the items out and ident- try to identify who it was. And of course, it always just absolutely roasts. And you, and you thought, let's taunt a licensed attorney at law. Yeah, that was not one of my <laughs> not one of my smarter idea. moves. But uh, he loved it. He he loved it. Oh my god, he he's he's got the 
clock ha- that we auctioned off hanging at his the game hole on the wall. So he, <laughs> so he couldn't have hated it that much. He's got the clock and the, and the Yo Yokiro Taco Bell shirt, which I saw at, at Game Hole Con this last year. But this year we decided to have some fun with Ben Barsh, uh, who's the son of Bill Barsh. He's just this great kid, bright kid. His dad's been in games forever, and he's he's already done a Kickstarter successfully. Just he's just you know he does interviews. He's just you know he's just one of those guys that. Is the, the future of the hobby is intact if it's in his hands type of person. Again, he's personable. He's got great hair. Let's pick on him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's going to have a future of the hobby. Let's let's destroy any chance we have of it. No. So we, he is. Uh, he's been attending uh, Disney College in in Florida, and so we had a very Disney. The Devilettes went and got dressed as Disney princesses, and so he he might have had an inkling what was happening once we pulled out the first Disney item, which is a Snow White doll. I heard the words "oh shit" from the audience. And did. <laughs> he knew he knew exactly what was happening. Like, I just found this bag of stuff from last year. I was wondering if anybody can help me out. So, yeah, he knew he knew he was he was in the crosshairs. He was doomed. Yeah, and we had the we had a Disney Princess Diary that he had. That there were several uh, very interesting entries in there that that we read aloud. So, no, we we had a great time, and that's always the funnest part. And everybody just absolutely rolls on the floor laughing because. I am pretty damn funny when I write them. No, but was we, anybody we injured so physically? Was... No, just emotionally maimed. <laughs> <laughs> There's always these really impromptu moments that break that out that are just that we just have a ball with. Because this year Lloyd painted a a, a, a real, just a gorgeous painting. It's actually still here at the warehouse. I have to ship it. It was a bottle of Maker's Mark on a table with a set of dice. It's absolutely gorgeous. Because Lloyd's just an amazing, he's an amazing artist. We auctioned it off, and I kind of wanted to win it. But my bid of $100, Bill Webb soon outbid me. And I can't remember who no. he was in bidding with. Yeah, yeah. And so it was up for bid. And then I, there was actually a real bottle of Maker's Mark on the table, uh, on, on the auction table. Because this is not a very serious auction, kids. This is after midnight. So we, we do all kinds of crazy stuff. Bill said he would bid X amount if I threw in the bottle of Maker's Mark, which I was drinking from at the time, so that was a little awkward, but I said, okay. Between myself and Doug, we managed to pour the whole bottle out into our cups, so he got the bottle of Maker's Mark. He got the bottle. Unfortunately empty, and everybody was just absolutely rolling on the ground as we poured out the bottle in our cups. You you just said you wanted the bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Here's your three hundred, four hundred dollar painting, and then here's your empty bottle of Maker's Mark. So it, it, <laughs> we we had an absolute blast. We always do every year, but it's next time you'll phrase that wish differently, of, won't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's there. There's a good um, good example of uh, make sure your wish is phrased absolutely perfectly, otherwise the DM will screw you over totally. DM Satan, no difference. <laughs> yeah, Satan. And that, that's why I, I did say that at the end. It allows me to do all kinds of really shady stuff at the auction. I said, well, this, I am Satan. So when you say <laughs> the bottle of Maker's Mark, you, you got the bottle. Oh, you just what's your the problem? The bottle. No. I literally <laughs> granted your request. <laughs> your request. That we had another couple of funny moments. Stefan Porcorny of uh, Dwarven Fortress there and got there too late to get a bidding card. So he bid, his bidding card was a bottle of booze, <laughs> which, which led to the, the line, that's not a bidding card. It's a bottle of booze, which was Matt Finch's favorite line of the con, he told him. So we, we let Stefan bid with a bottle of wine or booze or whatever he had in his hand. That was his bidding implement. And then we also had a great moment. We auctioned off a Honeymooners game, which TSR, when they were going through their weird period of the 80s when they had the, the Cheers game and the Honeymooners game. and the, All, All my, my children. children. <laughs> Jinx. But if, if you notice on those games, there's no credits. 
because the designers were too embarrassed to actually put their name on. But <laughs> a, a little, a little birdie told me that Zeb Cook actually did the Honeymooners game, and so I auctioned it and asked if anybody in the audience would care to admit their involvement. And Zeb said, "I okay, I admit it. I did it. I did it." And he started <laughs> screaming. And we gave him the game, and he held it above his head with shaking. It goes, "I admit it. I did it. I did it." So it was it was a very cathartic moment for Sam, apparently, and that was also a pretty hilarious time. So yeah, I'm yeah, glad he was able to get that off his Good chest for after so many Good years. For him. Yeah, he actually came out. He came out, and it was it was beautiful, and we we loved it. So as always, it was just a great time, and we're going to not have it in that room this year specifically because Mike got allergic and we missed him at the midnight auction. Although well, we did, we you. did. We did auction off something from the library of Mike and Liz Stewart as, um, I mean, that's what no, it said in the inside. So I'm assuming it really came from your no, library. You I'm assuming, I'm assuming oh, somebody sure. did no, not just a, a, write that in there. <laughs> no, you didn't. But it, it was, it was some kind of, it was some kind of a sex game. So it was, it said, in the, it said in the inside from the library of Mike and Liz Stewart. That's all I know. Just I'm sure it literally did say that because that's right where that. you wrote it. it. Actually, it actually <laughs> said that. I'm not saying who wrote that in there. I'm just saying that's what was inside. Who bought it? Oh, I can't remember. Well, we, we, we're just glad it went to a good home. Yeah. We the had, Save for Half money. podcast officially endorses North Texas RPG Con from 6 a.m. to 11.59 p.m. <laughs> On Saturday. Yes. Yeah, but that, that's just one of the many features of the convention that are, aren't broadcast because we're not allowed to, to film that and show it. But... Uh, it's it's become the favorite of me. I'm glad you came on and told us all about it, Mike, because I I didn't make it to the con this year, so you came on and told me all about it, and and I now I feel dirty. <laughs> I think you meant that you didn't uh, make it to the auction. But. Yes, yes, the, the stewards didn't either, of course. Yeah, so we had, I was dying. They usually um, make it, and, I, and what sucks is they usually are sitting close enough for me to make fun of them every year, and they weren't there, so I made this fun the of first anyway. year we yeah. missed it since it started. Well, you were made yeah. fun of anyway, so don't worry. Well, good, good. Yeah. I wasn't going to go by myself, so it's like, nope, I'll just stay behind too. It's like, I got to say, the Midnight Auction has, in the over the past couple of years, it started to get too rich for our blood. Mm -hmm. It used to be we could afford things that showed up there because it was kind of a joke auction. A dollar. You know, $5, you know, $20, you know, at, you were... It was a, it was amazing if something sold for like fifty dollars, but now the midnight auction is getting to where things are going in the hundreds of dollars. I'll say it out loud. What are they going to do? Fire me, my boss Bill Webb and Guppy Man. Once those guys stick their hands up, <laughs> oh forget it. Just put your wallet down. Yep. And not only that, but they they had several bidding wars just for the hell of it. I don't know if alcohol was involved or not, but. Yes, they were overbidding immensely on several items that I was encur I was encouraging it. I can't afford the junk that usually shows <laughs> up at the midnight auction it's anymore. Garbage, and it goes for hundreds of dollars because idiots get into bidding wars with other idiots. I want that garbage too, but not for two hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, yay for the charity that benefits from it. But, right, yeah. but right. take take a freaking smoke break and let the rest of us bid. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to have junky items every year too, and we, uh, like I said, we had several items go for several hundred dollars. That, but you know, like you said, the charity gets it, and 
it goes to the cons is it's a good cause i'm i'm just upset for my own selfish reasons <laughs> yes well you're never going to be able to win a sex game again like you did several years ago no Sorry, yeah no, that's too that... rich for you. i i gotta say though when we gave that to our friend as a christmas gift that was the most hilarious thing when she opened up the wrapping is like Ah, the best part is Mike. It was so Mike awesome. Curtis ran that as a as a session, a sort of, later. yeah, yeah, sort of, kind of, yeah. Uh, and Mike and I were in that session too. It's like, oh, we've got to be part. We of cosplayed this. for it too. Yes, that was noticed. You had yeah, your robes yeah. on. Well, he said bedroom adventures, so we showed up in our <laughs> slippers and robes, oh. and pajamas. Pajamas. It's like, yeah, we need a nap. I had a little plush Cthulhu I sleep with, you know. Oh, that was that was pretty funny. That was my Saturday. So Saturday was great because everybody, unfortunately, a lot of people have to leave early on Sunday. So sometimes the last time you get to see them is the midnight auction, and maybe later in the bar slash eating area. So. Or, or unless That's American Airlines has another catastrophe and they all just come back to the hotel. Oh, micro tornado. Yes, we had bad weather. We had weather issues. Yeah, that was Sunday. It's our flight Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, Liz, how was your Sunday? Sunday was good. We hung out at the table downstairs. And yeah, normally it's our power down day. Sold the last of the victorious hardback rule books that we had at the table. Again, thank you to Inner City Games for assisting us in clearing that out. <laughs> Mike ran a zombie apoc game using the victorious rules while we were sitting at the safer half table. Yeah, we actually got to watch the Doomstorm spin up in front of the bank of windows leading outside. It was like it just came out of nowhere. High winds, sheets of rain. It was just a it was weird. And then, like, and then it dis- Dep- yeah, and then it disappeared. Depression air guys in rowboats, witches on bicycles. It was all flying by that door. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it was gone. You know, five minutes later, the sun's out. It was like nothing ever happened. It's like that was really weird. Apparently it knocked out a lot of flights at the at the DFW airport and a lot of people missed flights because of it and wound up being at the hotel again. <laughs> the zombie game i ran was sort of it was based in a 1980s high school it was kind of like i i advertised it it was john hughes meets george romero kind of thing it only went on for like what three four hours about three hours it wasn't the it wasn't a long session i was uh, kind of impressed i didn't even get to kill any of them which was really disappointing did you have a lot of uh, breakfast club quotes and Oh yeah, quotes from '80s because I, I would have been peppering you. Yeah, I hardly ever had to point out to him like, uh, "Guys, you're '80s teenagers. You're not gonna think necessarily like that." I think I only had to mention that once, and everybody. Where's didn't. my cell phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was the a- actual age that those guys were playing the characters, had stolen a couple of cars, and I was keeping my mouth shut when they were not stealing cars, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My character would not have known how to do that, although she did have um some. Some lock picking skills, which yeah, was... which was kind of surprising, but hey, it worked. Hey, credit cards used the right way, and this was before the days of turning the school into what amounts to a security prison back then, which probably would have helped us out in a zombie apocalypse. Probably, it would have secured a lot more of the school, actually. But other than that, we just kind of powered down and hung out with people. You know that that long day on Sunday where everybody's leaving, and you know, like goodbye, goodbye. I have to give you your props. Sunday was the first day I actually got at, to sit at 
the save for half booth. So I'm watching you GM and I'm I'm going, Liz, he's a better GM than I am. Please don't tell him I said that. <laughs> Except you well, just did. Now. Oh, please. I let her off the hook later because that's stupid to ask somebody to vault something from their significant other. But I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was that whole thing was very off the cuff. It helped that I was using my old high school as the baseline of it. So well, it was really funny because all three of us went to the same school, both the Alcos and me. So it was based at that school. And I'm having to remind them of parts the school were this way or that way and there's this kind of bleachers and they went to the school longer than i did i moved to texas you see you're giving all your secrets away now i just thought it was awesome jamming <laughs> no 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 well to be fair i flushed most of my memories of my own high school out so i would not be able to tell you most of the layout of like my high school my junior high school you know, I spent years there too, but they they weren't terribly happy years. So <laughs> I I did not waste any brain power on remembering those years much after they were over with. Uh, anyway, what'd you do, Jim? Sunday was just my get around to see everybody and uh, hang out day. But I want to take the opportunity to do what I should have done at the top of the show, which is just to thank uh, all the awesome people that I interacted with personally, including a couple of special cases. I don't want to over dramatize this to sound like Skeeter Green and I did anything super heroic. But month or so ago, but prior to the con, I can't even we were just on social media. I can't remember exactly how it happened. And this guy pops up out of nowhere that we don't know, asking how, you know detailed questions about the con. And we start chatting him up, completely sell him on being a first-time attendee. So North Texas Con this year is how I met a guy named Keelan Haverson and his wife, Samantha, who just, North Texas, it was their first game convention ever. They flew all the way from, they're either from Alaska and moved to Nebraska or something. One of those, Aska wow. states. Showed up at their first North Texas Con and... I was just completely and utterly smitten and charmed by the pair of them. I mean, they they hit the place like a gaming maniacs, showed up in everybody's games, were wonderful. He uh, is a Mutant Crawl Classics fan and gave me a couple pieces of character art he'd done for the game that were so good. The dude almost made me cry in front of other grownups. I'm like, I have to take these up to the room. So I didn't like burst out into tears standing outside smoking. They, They were wonderful. And that's what I like. Even if it's just one or two people at a time, you know, introduce somebody to, to North Texas. RPG con and have them show up and have that great of time. I'm, I'm sitting in my room going, okay, Skeeter and I did a good job. And speaking of which, Skeeter Green Productions had their own little booth area set up in the room that they leased from the con. And Skeeter ran his uh, Crypt of the Science Wizard to great acclaim. But uh, Skeeter and Ian McGarty and Rocky uh, had their stuff for sale, their new book, The Creeping Cold, and let me put my little dumb Marvin the Mage comics and my new uh, artifact book there. I sold more under those circumstances than I did at all of Gary Con. Wow. Those guys are my crew, and I just, I, I want them, I, they'll sh- surely listen to this, and I want them to know how much I appreciate them. Because uh, the, my brother, Gary Con was like, who are those guys? And I'm like, what guys? He's like, your crew. And I'm like, they're not my crew. Who, what are you talking about? He's like, I saw you. You were running a game and all you did was reach out your hand and a guy came by and slapped a white monster in it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Ian and Rocky and Skeeter. Yeah, you know your crew when they can do that, yeah. Yeah, the Crypt of the Science Wizard, whose layout was done by who again? 
don't know. Some some, some weirdo. Yeah. One of those little chick, you know, groupies that hang out in a crowd. Yeah. But yeah, the the Aska states, which I believe is the Indian word that means butt cold. <laughs> I was heartbroken, Liz, that the bunnies and burrows stuff didn't get over the ocean in time because then you would have had bunnies and burrows and crypt of the science wizard there as your layout example so it's like you need a business card here have a whole module have a book uh-huh. and we, and we had dennis astaire and dr robinson both there and unfortunately their game was not ready but there was lots of bunnies and burrows run at the convention I had a moment with Dr. Sister where he came up with, I guess he got a preview copy. The mm-hmm. Chinese yeah, I got to like, see that too. And he, he walked yep. up to me with it and I just went Cold Stone Gamer for a minute. I'm like, how'd you get that? <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the guy who co-wrote the book. Yeah, I'm reaching out for it. <laughs> yeah, I remember he brought that by and I got to tell him. I was like, that's funny because I think I was the last person to get an actual copy of my game after the Kickstarter was over. Everybody got a copy before I did. Yeah, you're just the author. Yeah, so, what do I know? So much like Sunday, getting my final visit time with everybody, the, the only big organized thing I did was, you know, annoy Liz in the booth and Darlene some more and watch people do laps between the uh, hotel restaurant and the airport and back again. And then, yeah, come back. Uh, flight's canceled. Yeah, I kept having these weird moments when I would say goodbye to Paul Stormberg. And then three hours later, Paul Stormberg's there. I'm like, I thought you left. Nope, the flight canceled. Like, okay, and then I walked down the hall, and somebody else would be there. Like, uh, you're gone. No, I'm not. I'm back. Oh, okay. It's like I mean, the it's end of a fun twi- yeah. uh-huh. it's like, because like, yeah, back. Like, oh wait, I, they don't really want to be back. But oh darn it! So Sunday night was actually kind of fun in the restaurant area because there was so many people there that weren't supposed to be there. It's like a Twilight Zone episode, the Eternal Convention. This was a Sunday thing. Okay, so uh, you know me, but 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I'm up in my room getting ready to go to sleep, and I get a phone call from a friend that's at the airport that got marooned out of empathy or something. I got all stressed out, even though there wasn't anything I could do about it, so I had to put my clothes back on while I'll go out for a smoke. And so it's like midnight on Sunday at North Texas Con, and the convention stuff is all gone, packed and gone. You guys had been doing that for hours, so it's back to being a hotel where the convention was, and where it was back to being a hotel there with a bunch of couches and chairs are like 20 or 30 of my tribe playing D&D. And I'm just like, all right, this is it. They were running a game. Yeah, Doug, Doug Zielsdorf was running a game. At awesome. the, in the, it was it was pretty cool. That was that was very awesome. I love my tribe. Okay. Well, any final wrap up comments we want to make about the convention this year? Can I can I plug stuff? Yeah, announce the, at least announce the dates and tell everybody go next, get a badge. Well, next next year will be the twelfth annual. It is actually going to be the first weekend this year because of the way Thursday falls. So Thursday, June fourth. But uh, we encourage you to show up Thursday or Wednesday, June third through the seventh. Fourth, five, six, seven. Yeah. Same place, same bat time, same bat channel. We're uh, already selling tickets, discounted tickets. So you're encouraged to buy a discounted ticket. If you can't go, it can be rolled over to future year. Now featuring in 2020, half the hotel floors, twice the hotel (laughs) hotel floor space. Should be finished. They're starting to work on the the floors themselves starting next week. So that should be finished by April. We're going to have our fingers crossed and that should be, the hotel should be completely redone by, by June. So. So yes, and we'll have another deal. We have a grid deal for the hotel rooms, one hundred ten dollars a night. Same, same. Everything's the same. Is it the same but better? Let's put it that way. Our guests will be guest announcements will be trickling in the next you know few weeks or so. And I just one thing I wanted to mention was um, to finance the con every year. Uh, the, we usually come up with a digest adventure. The last couple of years, 
due to the awesomeness of Tom Wilson, we've actually had a full-size adventure for BX Rules, even though we don't say BX Rules, but we say BX Rules. We, we call it the Basic and Expert series. And last year we did a, a sequel or a add-on to B2, which we call B2.5, Caves of the Unknown. And this year, uh, Tom and I did a add-on to X1 Isle of Dread, which we call X1.5, Dead Men Tell New Tales. And if you want to check either of these out, they're very, very old school oriented with blue maps. And we just we just did everything in the style. We did the we, the, the fonts, the old style, every, every part of it screams old school. They're available either on on a eBay, just put in B2.5Ks of the Unknown or X1.5 Dead Men, and you'll get the adventure. Or if you want to go to the NTRPGCon Facebook page, they're for sale there also. Just PM me, Mike Battle and we will get you a copy. But they help so, uh, the all the money, 100% goes to help support the con. Both um, Tom and I do, donate our time. And we also um, uh, finance it through auctions run on the NTRPG count page. That's how we paid for printing and shipping. And so uh, we sold quite a quite a large amount. I want to say we sold our print runs about two fifty. We sold probably about a hundred at the con. So cool. And they're not available as PDFs. Not unfortunately, not. Once again, no. The reason we do that is we want to get people that actually show up at the con as something that nobody else has special. But we are looking at. Actually, I'm going to sneak sneak something here. I probably shouldn't, but we're looking at converting them to 5.0 and having them available as PDFs later this year. So we'll see how that works out. Bah. So D&D 5, yes. Not 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 yet as as basic expert, but as 5.0. Well, so, it's better than nothing, I guess. Better than nothing, but we'll see about doing We've uh, gotten through a whole podcast without a mic bar until you said that. Bah! <laughs> it's not a real podcast mm. unless Mike says bah. Yeah, I was trying to get something. a bah out of him, but we mm. probably got the Well, bah. you succeeded, sir. So I know I keep saying buy your tickets now, but are you hearing me, Corbett? Corbett does not need to buy tickets because Corbett has already bought tickets that are good forever. He just hasn't used said tickets, so... Corporate does not have to buy well, tickets. I, use, I buy tickets every year. I know. Exactly. I buy one this year, too. They see he's planning for that year when he brings his whole family. So he'll, he'll have, like, have eight like tickets what, eight up. tickets? Yeah. And... yeah, he'll have all those tickets <laughs> yeah. stored up. Now, see, my, my plan is to buy a ticket every year. So instead of 500 people being able to go, only 499. <laughs> yes, the Corbett, the Corbett <laughs> rule. <laughs> There is always one space you available. evil man. <laughs> now, one year, he'll buy so many tickets, and he'll be 80, but he'll be the only one who can go. Aha! Your <laughs> evil plan has been discovered, sir. <laughs> All the guests will be at his beck and call. North Texas Con 2040. What was the attendance? All oh, same as always, about 450. They were all Corbett. <laughs> <laughs> and 35 guests. Nice. Seriously, it'd be great if you could make it. You know, it's been been a while well it's a it's a serious condition mike I, I suffer from something that only everybody else on the planet except for the 500 people who go suffer from which is not being able to go to the con <laughs> no you suffer from needing to wait until your last kid goes to college luckily bad mike has opened up a, uh, a charitable organization to get people to the con so please people give generously to the get people to north texas rpg con fund slash satan needs a new jet oh. ski which won't be used for that oh, no. there will be probably. no jet ski driving 
I'll be the first to admit <laughs> I'm not a parent and never had kids, but a smart guy might just cut a deal with the kid. Okay, I need you to flunk just enough that you have to take a summer <laughs> class and graduate in August. I mean, August is better for graduation anyway, isn't it? Sure, of course uh, it summer's is. Summer's so fun. We yeah. have we've had so many people have to miss over the years, and some of our best attendees, including Ben Burns and others, have had to miss certain days. But my favorite though was my brother had kids graduate and he just tells them that look the con comes first well we're gonna we'll work your graduation <laughs> in but one year he actually went to the con then went to the graduation then came back to the con which i thought was so the kids his kids that know almost where the, makes yeah, up for they, the speedos they, they they know where they they know where they are on the totem pole of what means what matters much to daddy it's see con. there there's that old school i'm gonna drink from all the pools ethic <laughs> <laughs> He's got to run gladiator and chariot racing. I mean, we, we can't do that without him. And we told him, look, you just work this out however you want. So we told his kids, look, daddy's going to be there for a little while. And then daddy's going to have to leave. So, Well, congratulations, Corbett, for being able to help create some ver- very impressive tiny humans. <laughs> Except every year we have to always answer, answer the questions. Where's Corbett? Where's Corbett? Hey, where's Corbett? Where's Corbett? Where in the world is Corbett San Diego? Yeah. I do look good in a red hat. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, your lieutenant uh, superhero costume is lieutenant red. Lieutenant Victory. I even had Lord Not Fear gear there, sort of. Yeah, Corbett kind of attended. The phonograph record that played for them with their evil master giving them their, the villains their mission was read very well by Corbett. As Lord Fiergear. Oh, that's right. You still like virtual play the game, didn't you? Inadvertently, yes. And they seem, <laughs> and everybody seemed to be pretty impressed by it. So was I scary? <laughs> were they afraid? You were, you were terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the plan B. Then I just need some lead time. So if Corbett, if it looks like something's up and you can't make it next year, I'll build one of those uh, Sheldon Cooper virtual presence machines Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. you can roll around roll around with your face on a screen that would be kind of cool yeah. i could be the first virtual attendant <laughs> <laughs> i've got the chassis sitting in the lab at work right now awesome all right well everybody this has been our recap of north texas rpg 2019 before november so you know i hope everyone gets over the shock that it's it's still <laughs> oh, within a month of the actual convention. I, I should still I should also say that ntrpgcon.com is our terrible awful like 1999 webpage and uh, table it's old school. I'm so glad you said that. It's terrible. And if we go to tabletop events, we're on tabletop events. So you can enter in ntrpgcon and it will be there. We also have a we'll Facebook have the links page. in the show notes. The Facebook page is probably the place to go. North Texas RPG Con the Facebook page. I'll, I'll let you in if you ask me, if you're not already there. And that has the most up-to-date info on the con. So that's, uh, I wanted to throw that out there. And auctions that run year-round that support the con. Yes, they do. They run from the page, and there's really some unique items. We have old T-shirts sometimes, old old bags, old dice bags from years past. Some stuff you can't get online. But yeah, we'll have all the links to all the North Texas goodness in the show notes. And... Barring anything else then, I think it's time to say goodnight, everybody. Thanks for everybody. Thanks everybody that showed up at the con. Thanks for the billion people that I didn't mention that helped. I mean, there's just so many. I, I can't mention them. I pretty much would have to go down the whole roster of people. But thank, thanks very much. And thanks, thanks to the stewards and Wamplers for coming. 
Wamplers. Well, you know. Are you cloning yeah. again? <laughs> I'm trying, dude. I'm trying. I saw him so much. He was he was everywhere. I looked around. I got projects, there. man. They got to get done. <laughs> uh, get your get your brother Scott to come down sometime. Oh, getting him down is not the trick. Getting my sister in law down is a trick, and I'm working on it. <laughs> Good night, everyone. See ya. Until next time. There's a crock pot waiting for Stuart. Gator Gators. They're hungry. Free the- art. 2019. The Safer Half Podcast is a production of the Mud Puppy Games Network and the Gagman Podcast. The Safer Half theme music is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at mississippibones.bandcamp.com. All player characters mentioned in this podcast are fictional, and any resemblance to PCs living or dead is purely coincidental. No NPCs were armed in the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Save for Half. I'm going 20s like a 68 Impala